Alumni Audio Lab. Welcome to the Alumni Audio Lab. This is our episode number 16. Alumni Audio Lab is a podcast from the OEAD, which is the Austrian Agency for International Mobility and Cooperation in Education, Science and Research. My name is Doris Bauer and I talk with alumni who have studied or done research in Austria within different scholarship programs and in many different disciplines. We talk about the life, the research, the background and sometimes also about current events and developments. Here with me today is Vardan Elbakian. He has a PhD in astrophysics as well as a bachelor's and master's degree also in astrophysics. He started his studies in Armenia and switched in 2011 to the Southern Federal University in Rostov-on-Don in Russia. You stayed there for your PhD and yes. since March 2018 you are a research scholar at the University of Vienna at the Institute of Astronomy. Vadan, thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank Welcome. Thank you for having me here. Okay, so let's start right away. According to your resume, it looks as if you knew very well that you wanted to become an astrophysicist. Where did this interest come from? I think uh, from my childhood, usually I was very interested for looking some uh, scientific movies or some documentaries in, on, on TV. And I was always interested to know what, what's happening uh, in the universe, how it works. And suddenly I decided to enter the physics faculty in Yerevan. And then when there was a chance to enter the Department of Astrophysics, There was no other choice for me just to go there and uh, to study astrophysics and to study all the all the universe. So I think it's it was growing with me with from from childhood. Did you have some main experience in your childhood where you said, "Okay, this is," or did your parents somehow supported you in your interest in science? Yeah, I remember there was definitely a, a one book that was called. Physics for children. Yeah, it was in Russian, I think. And I was I was reading and making some some experiments. Once I even almost almost killed myself with uh, with electricity. I remember doing these experiments. But uh, yeah, I was interested in physics. I think in all the things what's going around, trying to answer the questions why why this works this way and not the other way. And so I think it was. I don't know, from, from school and from childhood and uh, later on, it was growing like a snowball, you know, and, and I decided to go on with science and uh, especially like particularly in physics, not other, other sciences. And for your master's degree and the PhD, you went to Russia. Why yes, to Russia? because there there is or there there was a program, international program, exchange program be between the students, and I decided to to go to the other country because it's it's experience, it's kind of a new life when you're like leaving your uh, home, your nest, uh, and just starting new life. Russia because it's, it was closer to Armenia with culture and also language. There were no problems with uh, with language of studying because, like, studying physics from uh, in other languages, it will be a little bit harder. So I decided to to move to Russia. And you studied in Russian there. Y uh, yes. But now you're in Vienna, where we don't talk r Russian a lot for yeah. six months. It's not for the first time you've been here already. But why did you choose Vienna now for this six months? 
because first of all because after the first visit in Vienna I already had connections with uh, local researchers and we decided to make make another project another interesting project common project uh, but the other point why I decided to come to Vienna at even the first time because there are a lot of worldwide uh, known researchers here especially like in my field uh, in the field of uh, star formation and everything it's a great experience because there are Vienna University is rich by the uh, high technologies they have supercomputer cluster which i have access here also my uh, supervisors who are here uh, helping me to do my studies uh, they are also world known experts in this field so it's a uh, like almost heaven for a researcher you have everything also the city the, the the country and everything is helping you to 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 make your research it was challenging for me to prepare for this podcast because physics, I, I was never good at physics. For me, it was always rather abstract and everything, even the vocabulary. I tried to read your articles. I um, I already had to stop with the headlines because <laughs> I had no idea what I was reading. Can you chat with others, your friends or families about your work without giving basic lectures first in astrophysics? Yeah, I'm trying to, but uh, usually I don't like to speak about my my work with my friends, and usually usually the, the speech is with with my colleague, colleagues. But I think Einstein said that if you cannot explain hard physical uh, phenomenon to the five year old child, uh, you you don't understand it. So I'm trying to do the so also, and yeah, uh, usually usually I'm trying to simplify things uh, to not go into the details and trying to explain my friends if they are asking uh, what what they are doing but usually usually they don't, <laughs> they don't ask, yeah. <laughs> okay but i will ask you now <laughs> yeah. what are you doing right now in your current research what are you researching on in few words to not get yes imagine me as a five-year-old child okay okay <laughs> in, in, in simple words it's like we are studying how the stars are forming in the universe because even now we don't uh, know the, the global picture of forming the stars how they are formed initially like from the gas cloud which is, which is starting to collapsing and during the rotation forming the disk around the central star and uh, the planets are uh, forming in this disk like we have in our solar system planets running around the sun yeah <laughs> the big question marks in my eyes so you're researching not one star how it arises but a formation of a lot of stars it's a common thing now that scientists are thinking that uh, stars are massive stars and small uh, slow mass stars are forming using the same mechanism so the universe the nature usually is making things simpler and it may, may, will be simpler to make uh, everything using as low me number of mechanism as you can so usually a uh, Uh, huge, massive, supermassive stars and uh, low-mass stars in few words. Generally, they are formed in the same way. So, But we are studying the low-mass stars. So the stars which are lower or about the mass of our sun. Where are you in space? Are you? Is it in our solar system, these stars formations you're researching on? Or 
No, uh, in our solar system, there is only one star of the sun, uh, the sun <laughs> and uh, the, the star formation is already finished. I mean, it's evaluating, but uh, it's already formed. But there are other star-forming regions, so-called uh, star-forming regions, like in uh, Orion uh, Nebula or other uh, nearby nebulas. So we can now, even in uh, optically, we can see. Maybe you also saw the beautiful pictures of Hubble, for example, like the gas columns or something. So in this in these gas columns, there is going a uh, formation process the stars are forming but as soon as it's like covered inside this gas and it's, it's not transparent for our eyes nowadays we are trying to trick to find some ways how to investigate what is going inside what we cannot see now with our eyes so we are trying to see in other in other spectrums in other wavelengths and uh, we are trying to understand what is going on inside so we our group are not investigating what's going on after like few millions years, few million years after the formation, but we are interested at, on the beginning of the star formation. And are you somehow near in getting to know what's going on inside these nebulas? If you we are trying, yeah. Every group, every researcher is making a contribution into this huge knowledge. But yeah, we are, we are trying to understand physical phenomena which are impacting uh, more or less on this for star formation. And uh, it's uh, I don't think that I will be that person who will say like, okay, now after my research, everything is clear. Yeah, it's this this research is going like for 50, 60 years, and it's really young, this field, but we are trying our best. Yeah, so Taking part in the process. Yes, yeah. And you said before it's about collapsing. Can you explain what is collapsing and what comes out if what is collapsing? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Uh, <laughs> in the universe, like you know that there there is a distribution of a gas. So in some places, because of some physical phenomena, the gas starting to to get denser in some regions, and because of self gravity, the gas is starting to collapse to fall because of his gravitational uh, gravitation force it's starting to fall onto himself so the gas starts to collapse and uh, we are making uh, simulations of this collapse on the uh, on the computers and usually To simplify things, we are thinking that this is symmetric, spherical symmetric uh, gas cloud, which is starting to collapse. And in this, and because it's also rotating, but because there is not, uh, there is no such a clouds in the universe. Usually, there is some movement, and because of the because like angular momentum and other other stuff must be saved in the system. During this collapse around the central star, the disk is, f is forming, the protostellar disk. Through these disks, the, ma uh, the matter is accreting on the central star, whose mass is starting to grow. And uh, there are some phases during this formation when the star f collapses few times. And then late at later times, the nuclear reaction starting to uh, happen in inside the stars it's getting really hot uh, and starting to shine and uh, later this cloud which was collapsing all the mass is, sta is uh, starting uh, is the cloud finishing to collapse and it's falling uh, down on the disk and uh, on the star so we have only the star and disk system no no cloud around it and later the gas from the disk is dissipating so we have only some planets in the disk some rocky stuff like asteroid belts and small rocky objects inside this disk and later we have the thing like the system like in our solar system so the star in the center and some planets around it 
usually it's not the same as our solar system for example like there can be uh, huge planets near the star or there can be huge planets really far from the star but for example now this is really actual to find some planets which are in the habitable zone maybe you heard about it yeah uh, this is the zone where the for example liquid water can exist and other environmental physics can be mm-hmm. the, the for the life it can mm-hmm. be good for the life so uh, there are a lot of aspects in this star formation mm-hmm. process which can be investigated mm-hmm. is maybe that's really a dumb question but is every star as hot as the sun or are there is it a wide range yeah there is a wide range they can be loma, loma stars which are few thousand degrees only our so loma stars also mean that they are much colder yeah usually yeah. usually they are much colder and and they are living much longer than our sun and uh, usually like uh, also in our life as brighter is your life uh, uh, shorter it is like uh, for the rock stars <laughs> uh, the same is for the real stars uh-huh. Massive stars, for example, they can be much hotter than our sun. So, so our sun is some. We can say it's uh, in the middle of this range. So it's not uh, so so extreme. So it it gives a time to the planets uh, to cam- calm down and to, to for life to evolve on it on the on some of the planets. So uh, usually we we expect that life must be near stars of our solar mass or a little bit lower so which are not extreme and they are not changing rapidly their characteristics because like if our sun will change in some few percents yeah we can we can burn out or freeze out so we must have uh, some calm star who is like not moving when i read your article or parts of it for me it's all data and letters and numbers can you see your research objects when you see all these formulas you are writing do you see the objects you are arithmetically working with you mean physically can i see no i mean imaginable Ah, yeah. There are also, uh, instead of uh, numbers and letters, yeah, also, there are also some pictures. Also but pictures yeah, yeah but, I, but I couldn't correlate the pictures and the numbers. Ah, <laughs> so okay. for me, it's completely... Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but usually, yeah, if, you, if you're getting into this stuff, you, you will get the connection, the points, uh, how these plots are connected to, with these uh, formulas or numbers. But unfortunately, as I said, uh, we, cannot, we cannot see these objects, but we are starting to see, uh, see them because technologies are getting better entire so nowadays we can even see some some disks uh, protoplanetary disks recently with some uh, researchers found the planet like uh, just forming starting to form but we are doing the simulations so these are only the uh, stars into in, inside the computers uh, nothing nothing else yeah. what's the difference between astronomy and astrophysics I think the difference is like astrophysics is more formulas and more letters and uh, simulations and uh, other things. Astronomy is when you're uh, studying the stars with you can you can be astronomer with from your apartment I think with your uh, observing yeah with, uh, with your small observing tube or uh, you can be an astronomer uh, for example even having only an internet. There are some resor- resources that you can use and there is one group or one person i don't remember who found the planet before analyzing that data which is online there is a huge data online he was analyzing the data and he found a planet uh, which uh, the the huge group of astro astrophysicists around the world uh, missed so you can you can be an astronomer even with only computer 
Do you work also with observation? No, you said already before you're just working with arithmetic data. Uh, uh, yeah, we are making simulations yeah. and mainly yeah. theory, but of course we are in connection in connection with uh, observers. They are also helping us. They are telling uh, is it realistic or not? Because if our models are not realistic, they don't have the point. So mm -hmm. the meaning is is meaningless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we are always in connection with observers. We uh, we also have some common project with observer. They are observing. We are trying to simulate the same things and see the correlations. Are they always correlating or does it happen that you somehow arithmetically simulate something and the observators say uh, no? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it can, it, can, it can happen because simulations are made when you're making some simplifications, you're using some parameters which are theoretical parameters but uh, maybe the nature of uh, is working differently so you need to tune up this parameter you need to change this parameter but in this field th there were some steps some points where theory was telling like these stars th during the formation for example they will be like bright m much brighter but uh, observations told that uh, no they are not uh, and it was like a shock so we need to change the theory so you're changing the theory and, and starting to make other models so it's it always happens yeah in your bachelor's thesis, you researched irradiation changes during the solar wind evolution and in your master thesis, dynamic of galactic winds. Where do these winds occur and do they somehow influence life on Earth? No, I don't think so, because the, the galactic winds are like the galaxy, the Milky Way, which are, we are living I'm not sure that there is a strong wind from there, but uh, the wind is coming from the surface of uh, of the galaxies, and uh, usually there are some low mass or usually low mass galaxies uh, because of the star formation inside the disk. These stars are blowing up. This is also not a confirmed mechanism, but uh, we think that this is the main mechanism, like uh, the, the supernova explosions or other explosions. They are like blowing up the the matter uh, from the disk. And we call it wind. So the matter is going up in, in, inside into the hollow and it can enrich the galactic hollow with some metals and uh, some other stuff which cannot be there. And usually astrophysicists are investigating like the reasons, the dynamo m machines which are bringing this, this stuff to this hollow and how this uh, wind is working, how it's starting and uh, where this stuff is going next. Uh, is it uh, uh, leaving the galaxy or is it coming back on the disk, falling down to the disk? So it's, but I think it's a really very global process and if it's impacting the life uh, in these galaxies, if there is life there, it is doing on the uh, long time scales. So uh, it can change in, in some few, few thousand or few millions years, not immediately. You worked in IT as well and you were teaching web programming in astronomy. How are IT and astrophysics related? As soon as we are making computations and uh, we are dealing with computers and uh, programming languages, they are uh, really connected because you need to know some uh, IT technologies, you need to know how the some uh, processes are working because we are also using um, 
multiprocessor machines, so we need to know how to parallelize the programs. How the so we know, we need to know the hardware, how is it working, how we can get uh, the maximum from this. Also, we need to know the programming languages for different languages uh, for visualization, for uh, like uh, some tools for optimization of your code. Uh, usually high-level programming languages, so usually it's all, it's all connected with mm-hmm. each other. Do you work with Windows? We are trying to work with Linux, yeah, but also sometimes we need to work with Windows also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have some more general questions. How do you think about the beginning of the universe? Are you with the common theory of the Big Bang or with the one and with the one universe or do you believe in maybe another theory? I think, uh, as soon as I'm not a cosmologist, I think the Big Bang theory is the, the most commonly used now and uh, most plausible theory. And I, I don't uh, see anything to not believe it, uh, as soon as I'm not an expert. But uh, what about the mul- multiple universe? Uh, I think it's called the m- multiverse. multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This theory, uh, I think it's also possible. Yeah, because nowadays with the string theories and uh, other theories arising and uh, it's plausible. Yeah, also, and uh, it's really possible. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not an expert in this field. I'm also uh, reading some scientific popular articles or some movies, but I cannot say anything more. Do you think maybe they can be here already? The other universes somewhere, anywhere out there? The multiverse theory says that the universes are not connected uh, mm-hmm. with each other, as I know. Maybe there are some uh, kind of wormholes between them, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So the universe can be out from the, our bubble, which is like uh, inflating. Uh, so we, I think we don't have a connection with them. We are s- so young to, to, to go so far. We need to investigate at first for, uh, I think, our universe and then starting to investigating other universes. But that's why I d- I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and what about the end of the universe? Because the universe, there was the Big Bang and now it's expanding, 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 according to the common theories. Do you think it keeps getting colder and expanding? Or do you m- maybe think that there will be a peak someday and it will... Get start warmer again, or start to uh, warm up, or uh, to, to yeah. collapse, collapse, uh, collapse yeah, again. back. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, but th- I think the the last the last studies are telling that uh, universe will expand further and will cool down. Uh, it will not collapse back on itself. I'm not sure, but I think it will expand further, and uh, in this theory, everything. At the end, will tear apart like uh, all the uh, molecules. Everything will become the in the atomic, or even uh, atoms will will tear apart. So, universe will become totally distributed uh, homogeneously, or something like that, and totally cold. This this is what the, mm-hmm. the theory says. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think nobody is sure. But uh, w- uh, this is the most uh, commonly used thing now mm-hmm. theory. Does the theory says in which time horizon this will happen? Oh, I don't remember, but it's it, it's not in near future. Yeah, okay. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can be uh, yeah. <laughs> we can relax. Um you and your colleagues you're researching on phenomena you already said it which are very far away you can absolutely not influence them you can really just observe or research or simulate it. Does that make it um for you a very pure or genuine science because you can absolutely not influence it? 
Yeah, so from from some some point, yes, and also from some point, it makes also interesting because when you are working in some laboratory on on and making some experiments with uh, some materials or some chemicals, you have everything in your hands. Here, the only thing that you are getting is the electromagnetic signal from uh, I don't know uh, a lot of uh, millions of kilometers from here, so you don't have so much chances so much uh, instruments to touch or to uh, to make some other experiments with these uh, objects which are really much uh, bigger than you or maybe sometimes even bigger than your galaxy so it gives uh, some spice to your to your research it makes really pure and uh, you're kind of uh, disconnected from the life on the earth and also it makes you uh, understand that uh, a lot of things what was going on on, on our small uh, ball they don't need to be worried or i don't know like you're you're getting uh, more more relaxed and you're getting focused on your research and you're you're getting satisfaction from from what you are doing and you're feeling the connection with the universe maybe some somehow connection with something that you will never see closer and there is there are a lot of feelings during during this research mm -hmm. do you even sometimes get lost in your research uh, waking up afterwards oh i'm still on earth <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, usually, usually it, it happens when you're watching some. Sometimes it can be when you're watching some simulations, uh, some beautiful simulations, or when you're going some excursions on the observatory. There, they are showing something to look in the observatory, some uh, real stuff. Uh, so you're watching the real stars, what's happening now, and later, like you're realizing that you're now back back on Earth. You need to go home and cook something. You know, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's boring life. It's uh, it's happening. Yeah, usually when when you're, for example, going to, to the observatory at night, uh, and you're you're seeing the real sky, like uh, with uh, filled with uh, thousands of, of stars, uh, which you cannot see in the big cities, like here, you're starting to to think that uh, th this is what I want to do. This is uh, really beautiful, and I I want to continue what I'm doing. Yeah. Many astrophysicists or also astronomists are religious, uh, religious or spiritual or philosophical about the work, working at the limits of the imaginable. Does that have any meaning for you? To to be a religious. So to be yeah. religious according to a work or spiritual or thinking about the big questions in life. Yeah, I think I think every astrophysicist or astronomer must think about the universe not only point from the point of view of the numbers or formulas uh, but definitely it must be also the philosophical view why we are here and uh, why universe working the, this way or not the, not the other way why it started this way uh, who started it maybe and it does somebody influencing the evolution of the universe uh, This is our, I think, really important questions, uh, and uh, a lot of scientists are working on these questions, philosophical point of view of our universe, and I think we need to be in connection with such researchers, and also to have a, a part of us uh, thinking about uh, this concept, about these aspects of studying the universe, philosophical part of the universe. Yeah. Are you interested in space travel? <laughs> sure, sure. Like every scientist, yeah, uh, everybody uh, wants to make 
uh, warp space travel like like in in few years be in other galaxies or uh, near other stars it's uh, it's really very interesting but uh, unfortunately nowadays we don't have these technologies but uh, maybe ne next generations will will uh, have it and they will travel not from USA to Europe for example but they will travel between the stars between the planets uh, we will find other uh, habitable planets we will live there and we will go on vacations on, on other planets it's yeah i think one one day it will happen definitely Are there any points of uh, contact with your work and research and with like the European Space Agency or astronauts or people or others? Yeah, of course, of course, like uh, communities connected uh, with each other. So scientists in Vienna University who I'm working with, they are like in uh, International Astronomical Union also and uh, European Space Astronomical Union and All the scientists are connected with each other and they are collaborating and exchanging the experience, traveling. Um, this is a very important part of the research also because if you're not uh, c connected, if you're separated from other uh, researchers, uh, you don't know what's happening around the world, what is the actual things, what uh, research is going uh, in other countries. You cannot influence because uh, influence into the into your field. So you need to be always be connected. And uh, also, I'm connected with uh, all the persons, all the organizations as as much as I can through the other scientists and uh, observers, theorists, and uh, sometimes maybe even engineers who can be experts in their fields. So yeah, everything mm -hmm. is connected. For me, it's funny because the objects astrophysicists are working with, they sound more like fantasy protagonists, like brown dwarfs and white giants and so, but it's the science fiction, it's the literature and the movie genre. What status does science fiction literature has for you uh, or I movies? Yeah, 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 sure. There is a movie, I think, which influenced also. It's an old movie called Contact. Maybe you, you saw it. It was very interesting for me also to watch this movie. It was uh, when I was in a school. And I was uh, also very... How, how is it called? You're, you're getting energy from these movies or from these uh, books also. I read also some science fiction uh, books, uh, trying to read also some books written by scientists. Sometimes maybe it can be also the philosophical books, which uh, become uh, classics from philosophers of a few centuries uh, who wrote uh, books from a few centuries ago about the universe. But uh, all, all this is influencing you, I think, even if you're not noticing it, everything. And uh, I think we need more of this in our everyday life. That's why also I'm trying to give some popular lectures sometimes uh, po to popularize the, the science, uh, to show the maybe students uh, or like a more younger generation that science is fun, science is interesting, and uh, you can find a lot of things in every field w uh, which can interest you. And uh, it's not boring, it's not only the formulas, and uh, life is getting more interesting when you are inside the science. Yeah, I think... The influence is big from popular science, the, the books, the movies and everything is making a, a big inf impact on the, our views of science. There are also a lot of science fiction, mostly movies, which are real nonsense. If you think about the theory behind that, if you know about that, can you watch these movies or do you think no? Uh, 
usually I don't watch these movies because sometimes from the from the trailer even you can you can guess what what's going on there but uh, usually there are also really interesting movies like uh, the last one i think that it was the interstellar the movie interstellar yeah, which yeah. makes a uh, big but this is one which should be very accurate to the to the theory yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i mean i mean the, yeah, yeah the, the yeah. other way yeah the, not uh, not uh, the movie which is nonsense but uh, <laughs> the, yeah sorry uh, the movie which makes a, a big noise and a lot of people started to be interested in, t- in, t- in the size function and uh, to understand that you sometimes you are not understanding what is going on but it's terribly interesting it's like uh, you're it's uh, like sucking uh, you inside and uh, you you don't want to the movie for, for example to end how how beautiful the universe is and uh, also, uh, what, what phenomena uh, can happen there? For example, in that movie, even if you are not into th- in the science, you cannot even imagine that this this can happen. That uh, that uh, nature can be so complicated sometimes. Unfortunately, there are some movies or uh, maybe some books which are not so good written. Maybe they need some uh, the authors need some consulting from from real scientists. But usually, there are also good good movies which you need to watch and to make your views on the on the nature like uh, wider do science fiction literature or movies influence also astrophysicists yeah i think uh, they they influence i mean uh, you mean the uh, astrophysicists who are already astrophysicists mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, not uh, the future yeah, ones <laughs> not okay yeah sure sure a lot of astrophysicists are reading science fiction they are like science fiction like even n- not science fiction movies as interstellar but star wars star trek other science fiction uh uh, maybe TV series or movies, or they are reading some books, and uh, this is a uh, real popular topics in the conversation of scientists. So, if you want to be scientist, you also need to have uh, some background, also some some knowledge of everything, or or you will get uh, uh, out of the of the group of the scientists. But it's not a ma- mandatory. I mean, uh, you don't need to change <laughs> your privileges to to start to read everything uh, connected with science science fiction, but if you are doing science, you're also also interesting in 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 this literature and in these movies because uh, sometimes when you're reading, uh, you can find something, some keys, maybe some points uh, how you can do the, the research or maybe some fictional phenomenon in in the book can can be the key, can be the reason what what you're uh, investigating and you can you start to think in other way. So it can it can influence really. If you look at pictures or if you just Google Galaxy, you find beautiful pictures in purple and blue and red. And is the universe really that colorful? These pictures are colored with scientists, yeah, usually from NASA or other agencies. But in real, yeah, they are they will be so colorful. But unfortunately, because the color is loosed when the light is coming through the universe, they are correcting, uh, and uh, maybe maybe sometimes even more than it it will be because to show the audience that uh, it can be really very beautiful like uh, really gorgeous uh, nebulas or stars or galaxies to make a change they they can change the the views to the field of the science and maybe start to do in the in, in the science yeah in 2017 not long ago before he died Stephen Hawking 
who has essentially underpinned the Big Bang Theory and explained like the black holes, presented at a conference in Beijing that the end of the world we know will be in at least 600 years. So very near. Are these catastrophic scenarios or is something in this theory? I don't remember... Uh what was the point of Hawking, but I think his theory was based on the influence of humanity, like the humans will kill each other, uh, maybe the nuclear war or maybe some other cataclysm, but uh, as far as I know, nowadays there are no such phenomena uh, which can kill the life on the Earth in 600 years. It can be some uh, asteroids, big uh, meteorites, asteroids, something falling on the Earth, But as we know, the sun, for example, is not going to change in the near future. And 600 years in astronomical timescales uh, is it's a real, really very uh, near future. But uh, who knows? I don't remember what he was meaning. But it can be it can be much more easily uh, happen because of humanity on the Earth than from uh, from the from other side. Yeah. From mm -hmm. He also advocated the relocation to other planets or even to another galaxies. How important are other planets and space travel for humans in the future, in your opinion? I think uh, someday we we must be pushed out from the Earth because the we killed it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, maybe, maybe, but uh, maybe we will long uh, live here much longer, and uh, the the sun will start to change uh, because it's also getting older, and uh, the temperatures here are maybe rise or uh, going down, and we need to leave our planet. But uh, I think the search of the other planets, habitable planets, nowadays is the important also from the from the other side to understand. Uh, are we alone in the universe or there is also life in other places maybe there are such a species like uh, we are on other planet who are searching for us they are trying to connect with, uh, with us do, uh, do you believe that they are uh, yeah it's uh, it, the probability is really high so uh, this or other way there must be some uh, living species somewhere it's not necessary that uh, they are looking like us the, totally but uh, they can be different uh, animals or uh, like uh, bacteria or other more simpler beings uh, on, on this planet so yes but do you think they are like you just mentioned bacteria or animals or human-like but do you think they maybe have a form which is completely different which we can't imagine because it's not something we already know uh, somehow. Yeah, there, there were uh, theories. I'm not sure if they are alive now, but uh, because we are, we uh, as a life are the carbon type life as I think, I don't remember the exact term, but uh, everything is based on a car, uh, carbon, carbon. Yeah, carbon. But there was a theory, maybe there is, there is still a life uh, from the silicon. Uh, because it's also very highly distributed in the universe uh, but as i know unfortunately the problem with silicon is that the, it's not uh, the molecules which you can combine for example with uh, silicon oxides or silicon like uh, with other metals or gases uh, i'm not sure it's not so wide the species of this molecule are not so wide uh, as with the carbon so as i said nature is choosing the more more species as he can and more easiest easiest way as you can so 
maybe he chose carbon and life must be in the way which uh, you see uh, we see on on the planet so but i think there there can be some enthusiasts uh, scientists uh, who are thinking that uh, maybe there is a silicon type uh, life other places I, i'm sure that uh, there are a lot of people maybe not scientists who are believing that uh, maybe stars are even uh, uh, living organisms they are thinking what they are doing or even the galaxies are living organism maybe they're co connecting with each other but we, we are uh, so small and we are so young we cannot see it uh, so uh, there can be a lot of theories uh, which are from the first uh, view nonsense but uh, if you're going deeper people are believing in it so everybody can believe in what he wants but uh, nowadays in science community it's commonly used that the life is what is made from the carbon We're at the end. What are your plans for the future? For the future, I, I plan to continue my career in astrophysics, I think. And I hope to make an impact, to make influence on the field which I'm investigating, to help uh, our next generations to understand better the universe, to help people to... Know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, to know what's going on, to make uh, their lives better, because astrophysics for people who, who are not connected with it, they're thinking like uh, it's uh, really far and we don't need it uh, usually, but uh, in some, you need some time to understand that it's really uh, necessary to study universe and especially to study such things like how the planets are forming which are we are living on it on the stars are forming which we are getting energy and uh, light from them so everything is connected and i think i um, i will try to do my best to uh, give uh, the humanity as much information new information new knowledge about the universe as i can well then thank you very much for being my guest here today thank you and i wish you good luck for your work and your for your place in the big picture in the big puzzle of the universe thanks a lot <laughs> thank thanks you a lot. alumni audio lab <laughs>